Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. What's happening, Radiant Church? Who's excited to be here today? Oh, come on. It's student takeover. I got to hear you. Who's excited to be at church today? Come on. Well, before you guys have a seat, I want to do two things. One, we actually have a bunch of people that want to make it inside, and they can't. Uh, so if you guys can get real close together, can we all scooch? Come on, it's cold outside anyway. Let's just scooch a little closer to people, make some room for people who are standing outside waiting to come in. Um, but the second thing I want to do, while you guys are still up, can you guys help me honor Pastor Aaron and Katie Berg? They're our lead pastors here at Radiant. We absolutely love them. You guys can sit down. I didn't mean to make y'all stand that long. I'm sorry. Um, We just want to honor them. John and I have the absolute honor of knowing them for six years now, which is pretty crazy to me. Um, They are absolutely amazing. If you don't know them, get to know them. Honestly, you can follow him on Instagram, and it feels like you're knowing him with with following his life, but we absolutely adore them. Katie has poured into my life multiple times. I'm just so honored, honored to know her. And then there's another group of people in the room. If it's your first time at Radiant Church, all of Radiant, can we make them feel loved and welcome and celebrated? You could have done anything else with this chilly Florida morning, uh, but you chose to come, and we think it's a big deal. We notice, and more importantly, God notices that you took time out of your week to come to church on Sunday, try out a new church, new location, Brandon, St. Pete Heights. We love you guys. We're so excited you guys are here. Uh, Well, like Pastor Aaron said, I'm Sarah. And I'm John, and we are your next-gen pastors here at Radiant Church. Which basically means we have one of the most fun jobs on the entire planet. We get to work with middle school all the way up through our young adult and college age, uh, which means we get to learn all these funny dances that we see on Instagram and and Snapchat, and it's actually legitimately part of our job, which is amazing. Uh, This last week, we were in our office, and I was trying to learn one of these dances that they're all doing, and Pastor Paula walked by our office, looked in, and she was like, are you guys working? And I'm like, absolutely, I am, actually. This is legitimately part of my job, and it is so fun. We absolutely love what we get to do. We love that Pastor Aaron values the next generation and lets us have a seat at the table. And what's even more fun is the fact that we have one of the most amazing teams we get to do it alongside. Our dream team pours into students week in and week out. They are listening to lessons, sending them Bible stories, Bible verses, praying over them. They're investing their time, their energy, their resources, their money, um, taking them out for coffee and smoothies and all that good stuff. But would you guys do me a personal favor? Can we honor all the people that serve with our students every single week? We love you guys. Could not do this without you. Y'all make this journey so much more fun um, because life is always better together, right? Uh, So you guys can take those worship guides out that you received on the way in. There should be some sermon notes in there. Since it is Student Takeover, you should also have the We Are Radiant app. If you don't already, our notes are up there as well. Uh, The title for today uh, is Don't Give Up. Look at your neighbor and say, don't give up. Look at your other neighbor that you gave up on and say, you don't give up either. That's awesome. Uh, We think God has a really, really special day planned for you today. But before we jump in, we want to have some fun. Is that okay with you guys today? So, John, what do we got for him? Yeah, and and before I jump in, I just want to take a quick second and honor. My mom and dad are here, actually. So can we just give it up for my mom and dad all the way from Texas? And so we're so honored that they're here, and I'm honored that they're here. But for us to be the next-gen pastors, that really means that we have to learn how Uh, to invest in this generation and really figure out who Generation Z is. So I thought it'd be fun for us to kind of identify all of the different generations in the room. And so if you were born between the years 1946 and 1964, where are my baby boomers at? Can you just raise your hand really quick? I see you guys. Very cool. Very cool. 
Uh, and if you were born between 1965 and 1980, you're a part of Generation X. Can I see those people in the room? That's awesome. Very cool. Very cool. It's a lot. And then 1981 to 1996, where are my millennials at? That's it. That's right. Yep. That's a label we like to stick with. Um, and so we can talk about labels another day. And the current generation, and I don't like to say the next generation. I think it's important for us to say this is the now generation. This is the generation that God has a plan and a purpose for today, not for tomorrow. And so that's our kids from 1997 to the present. Where are my Gen Z kids at? Let me hear you guys. That's awesome. We are so glad that you guys are here. Now, if you didn't know, Generation Z actually makes up 25% of the American population. They are one of the largest generations since the baby boomers. They are a massive generation that's changing culture today in a huge way. And at all locations right now, students are serving uh, all of you as you're coming in. They're greeting, they're in the golf carts, all of that stuff. So I thought it would be fun to arm you guys with some new words, some Generation Z phrases, so that when you walk back out today, you're ready to have a conversation with them. Are you guys okay with that? Awesome. So the first word where you guys, I'm going to teach you guys is a phrase, and it's called spill the tea. And I want you to look at your neighbor and say, spill the tea. Now, real quick, I want you to know it has nothing to do with a drink actually spilling. So just go ahead and get that idea out of your head. Um, so spill the tea is if you're to walk back out into the lobby and you see a group of students and they look like they're very stressed and they're very intense and they're talking about something very serious, you just need to walk up to them and be like, yo, tea spill. And just like that, head nod, everything. So we're going to practice that really quick, all right? One, two, three, yo, tea, spill. That's it. Y'all sound good. Oh, I like that it. That was so good. Uh, yo, we're okay. taking student applications outside after if you yeah, want to join the real. team. For real, we need all of you. Just kidding. Um, so the next word we're going to teach you is lit. Look at your neighbor say lit. lit. Some of you guys were afraid to say that. You thought you were saying a bad word. You're not, I promise. This is church still today. You're, we got you. So lit means hype. What hyped means, let me define the definition for you, <laughs> means exciting, awesome. You could say your location pastor is lit. You could say student takeover is lit. You could say someone's uh, outfit, or you can say fit for short. You could say your fit is lit. You'll be sounding really, really good. So look at your neighbor, say fit and lit. That was good. Some of you were still a little nervous. That's okay. We'll get there. And the last phrase we're going to teach you guys is, let's get this bread. So go ahead and look at your other neighbor and say, let's get this bread. Now, what that phrase means, it has nothing to do with the Target mobile pickup. It is not about going and getting bread. It is not about picking up bread at all. It's actually kind of a phrase, it kind of has a double meaning. And so one meaning is like you're with your squad, church is ending, and you're like, y'all, it's time to go eat. Let's get this bread. And it means you're all going to go get some food. Or it's like if you and the squad are hanging out and you say, hey, like, let's go do this. But somebody says, oh, I'm sorry, I can't. I got to go. I got to go to work. I got to get this bread. And it's like they've got to go make that money. You know what I'm saying? So when you say this, it has a hand motion, right? So let's get this bread. All right. You guys follow that? Let's get this bread. Fantastic. All right. We're going to do that together. Ready? One, two, three. All locations. Let's get this bread. I love it. So good. So good. Um, so I just want to take a second and let you guys get to know who Sarah and I are. Um, we are not teenagers. We are adults. Surprise, surprise. Uh, and so we've actually started dating for many, many years now, and we've been married for three years, and uh, we've had an awesome time, but our relationship has really been intertwined with Radiant Church. Um, we were friends for about a year and a half. We went to SCU uh, in Lakeland. 
And then we started coming to Radiant Church um, the second Sunday they launched. And it's been so much fun because Pastor Aaron has had such a major influence on our lives that we're really stepping into not just our relationship, but stepping into our calling. And Pastor Aaron really kind of had his hand over us the entire time. Um, when we came, we didn't really realize all that God had planned for us, but we quickly realized that with Pastor Aaron, there's always a lot more than meets the eye. That's true. And funny story, when we first started coming to Radiant, we were just friends. Um, I promise we were just friends. And uh, everyone was like, you know, why don't you guys start dating? I was like, I'm good. Um, we're just friends and everything's working out just fine. Um, I don't feel like we have to add anything to this, but it's good. Um, four months later, John kept pursuing me. Side note, if you're single, wait for a man to pursue you who loves Jesus and will pursue him first and then he'll pursue you. That's a nugget for later. That's another day. Um, so anyway, when we first became Facebook official, and that was still a thing, Facebook official dating, um, we walked into church the next Sunday and Pastor Aaron had the entire dream team, everybody in the lobby just cheering. It was like a party. They gave us a gift card to go on a date, which I wasn't mad about, but it was also kind of embarrassing having anybody cheer for you just because you're dating. I'm like, this happens all the time, but I appreciate the excitement for us. Yeah, so Pastor Aaron really, he just, he did not give up on us. And even uh, even when he has these moments, we play this game as a staff called Spike Ball, and he thinks he's the best, but we just beat him a couple weeks ago. And even when, you know, he takes these, these really hard and bad defeats, you know, he still takes the time to choose to invest in us and love us and all of that kind of stuff. We love you, Pastor Aaron, because we know you're watching. <laughs> Um, but don't we all need somebody who will invest in us like that, right? Like, let's take an emotional journey back. If you have to close your eyes, just think back to one of the most awkward seasons or awkward times in your life. Just pause for a second and think about it. You're probably in a middle school cafeteria, um, or you're just starting college, or you're in a new relationship. You can open your eyes now. Some people are like, I'm still in the memory. Um, you can come back. It's okay. Um, or maybe you're in that season right now, and it's really hard sometimes when you don't have somebody that can come alongside you, but John and I are here today to be that person to invest in you, come alongside you and say, hey, there is more inside of you than what you're walking through right now. There is more in you. This season is not your end. There's actually life after the season that you're walking through. You made it past middle school. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Which means you will make it through the next season of your life. I promise you. Um, and for John and I, we both went to Southeastern University in Lakeland. And I'm originally from the Northeast area, Pennsylvania, New Jersey. And John's from Texas. The greatest country on earth. Apparently, that's like a requirement when you're from Texas. You have to say that after every single time, um, which is awesome. But anyway, so when we first came to Southeastern... <laughs> quick sidestep. Um, it was kind of hard for us because I had been super connected to my church back home. Uh, we couldn't really find a church right away. We kind of went to different churches uh, that whole first year at college, and it was really hard. Looking back now, God was just preparing us for when Radiant opened the following year, but when you're in the middle of that season, sometimes it can feel really frustrating, right? And we felt super lonely. It was really, really hard, um, and then Radiant opened, and then Pastor Aaron walked into our lives. He's like, hey, this is the other side of that season that you are walking through. There is something more on on the other side. Yeah, and so in the same way that Pastor Aaron really spent all of these years really investing in us and, and taking time to get to know us, we wanna talk to you guys today uh, about a story in the Bible about a man named Joshua. And he had a guy who really invested in his life and his name was Moses. And if you don't know the story, there was a group of people called the Israelites and they had been slaves in Egypt for centuries. Uh, and God called this man named Moses to come into Egypt and get these people and get them out of Egypt and get them into the promised lands. And so he, uh, and Moses comes, leads these people out, 
They're in the desert. They're about to go into the promised land. And while they're going to the promised land, Moses really realizes that he isn't building this country for his own generation. But he's got to realize that there has to be a succession plan. There has to be a leader that's going to take it up the mantle next, somebody he can pass the baton to. So he decides to raise up a man named Joshua. And so Joshua begins to learn all that he can right from Moses. He begins to be discipled under him and developed under him and empowered under him. And so finally, when they reach the land, Moses is like, okay, before we go in, we have to know what we're getting ourselves into. So I've got to get a group of people, some spies that can go into this land. And Joshua was one of these spies. So if you look at your notes in in Numbers chapter 13, verse one through two, this is where we're going to start today. The Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which is Israel, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. And so these 12 spies, there were 12 spies in total, and Joshua was one of them. They went into the land, they spied out the land, but this is what happened. 10 of the spies began to really have a very bad feeling about it. They didn't think they were gonna be able to have a victory. They didn't think they would be able to conquer it. And in fact, they let fear start to step into their life. And so if you look at verse 27, this is the report they give to Moses. And they gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey, which means it's very prosperous. Here's its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. And so what we see in that moment is that God had opened a door for the, for the Israelites to be able to walk into a victory, to walk into this plan that God had for them. He brought them out of slavery. He brought them out of a very difficult and dark season. And he said, this is the victory I have for you. All you need to do is take one more step of faith and you're gonna see the victory on the other side. And, but the people were afraid. They allowed fear to block them. And I wonder how many times in our own life we've been freed, we've been set free, we got saved, you know, we started this whole new life with Jesus, we went through next steps, we started serving on the dream team, but then all of a sudden we got hit by a wall and we felt like we weren't able to go into that next step. We didn't think victory was on the other side anymore. We thought, in fact, we're never gonna be able to move past this next battle that we aren't gonna be able to win. And I think you can write it in your notes that our greatest victories are always on the edge of what looks like our greatest defeats. Man, and I'm gonna say that one more time because I think it's important because I think somebody needs to hear that today is that our greatest victories are always on the edge of what looks like our greatest defeats. And I don't know what you've walked in here with today. I don't know what financial burden you're carrying. I don't know what's going on in your relationship with your spouse or with your family. I don't know what that job situation looks like right now. But I want to tell you that the, what looks like this is going to be your greatest defeat is going to be God coming in and giving your greatest victory. But this is what was so important for the Israelites was that they had to spend 40 years in the desert because they disobeyed God. They weren't willing to walk in. They were afraid. They weren't willing to walk into that victory. So God said, you guys clearly aren't ready. I want you to walk around in the desert for 40 years and wander around in the desert for 40 years. And so while they wandered in the desert, Moses did not waste that time. In fact, he used that time to develop Joshua all the more. And finally, the 40 years ends and they come up to the land and they're about to take over it. And this is Moses' final command to Joshua. And you can see it in your notes, Joshua 1, 8 through 9. It says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I think this probably had to be a hard word for Joshua because if you think back 
to when he had went with Caleb and the 10 other spies, he had seen the potential there for God to do something amazing. Right. He wasn't one of the ones that brought back a bad report. He's like, no, I, I think we can do this. God promised this to us. Yeah. I think sometimes don't we feel that way in our own lives? Like we know that God told us something, but life doesn't seem to catch up with our faith level. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know you were called to that job and then you didn't get the promotion that you really, really thought you were gonna have. You know that you're called to that marriage, but the relationship is just feeling very dry and confusing and you feel like, ah, I just, I know God said this, but I'm in this weird place and everybody, like their voices are a lot louder. You know what I'm talking about today? Yeah. And that can be so easy to fall into, but God. So Joshua never gave up on the fact that God was still with him. And even in that last command, it's keep this book of the law always on your lips and the book of the law meaning the Bible, which is so, so, so important. But Sometimes it can feel like God forgot us, doesn't it? Sometimes feel that way. Like maybe he forgot about you or you feel like you're in this 40 years of wandering around the desert and you're like, ah, oh, I feel like I'm by myself in this. Where did you go, God? What happened? Like I was one of the two that did see you move. And I wanna tell you, you can write your notes this way. God will never give up on you. Yeah. Even if you sometimes maybe feel like he has forgotten about you, he hasn't. And I'm here to be that person that's gonna come alongside you in the middle school cafeteria and tell you God will never give up on you. There is never a point that you need to feel like it's reliant on you. It's reliant on God and he's still rooting for you. What's absolutely amazing is the fact that when Moses was telling Joshua, be strong and courageous, I think a lot of times it says, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. We stop there when we're reading. And we're like, okay, I gotta take this on myself. I better not be afraid. I better not be discouraged. I don't see God moving, but I better just keep going. And we've missed that second half. And that second half is so crucial. It says, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. It's not dependent on the fact that we're in it and we're able. It's actually just dependent on the fact that God is present and working on your behalf. It's not dependent on you to make it through. It's dependent on Jesus. And he said he is always gonna be there. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Deuteronomy 31.6. I would encourage you, if you're not memorizing scripture, take this one home, memorize it this week. It says, be strong and courageous. And then it doesn't stop there. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. Whatever the them is, for your life, think about it right now. Is it a health report, a relationship, a yeah. job situation, yeah. a family situation that's going on? The word says, do not be afraid or terrified because of them, insert, you're them there. For the Lord your God goes with you and he will never leave you or forsake you. God is never leaving you on your own to try to figure it out for yourself. Just like he never left those Israelites that were in the desert for 40 years. It might've felt like a long time and it's okay to feel like the desert season is hard. That's not a bad thing. We can be human this morning and say, Desert seasons are rough. It's not easy. But I want to tell you this. You can write it in your notes this way. The presence of a desert does not mean the absence of a purpose. That desert season you're walking in right now, you may have brought it in here with you. You might still feel like you got some sand on you from this desert you're walking in. That doesn't mean that God left you there to just figure it out yourself. The desert season has a purpose in it. Pastor Levi Lusco says it this way. Don't try to get out of the desert. Try to get as much out of the desert as you can. The desert season is not a wasted season. It never is because the reality is it's not your final destination. God sees you through to the other side. He sees your promised land. He sees that financial breakthrough you need. He sees the relationship working out the way that it needs to. He sees the health report. He sees doctors coming back and saying there must be a God because of the miracle that happened in your body. He sees that on the other side. So don't mistake the fact that you're in a season for God giving up on you. He will never give up on you.
Man, in the same way that God is never going to give up on you, you can write down in your notes, point number two, we will never give up on you. And I want to make this very clear that when we say the word we, uh, I really mean Radiant Church is never going to give up on you. And this is the purpose of the church, uh, especially Radiant Church, is to be a, a community of people that come together that love God, but we also love each other and we like to have a lot of fun in the process. Uh, and because we think that our best version of ourselves is always going to be found when we're surrounded by other people that are going in the same direction is us, right? Uh, Hebrews 10.25 says to not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Man, and I think this is the what Joshua and Caleb were kind of walking through. They were walking through a season where they had to rely on each other, right? They were in a situation where 12 spies and, and in total only two of them were really able to stick together and say, no, God is gonna give us a victory, right? There were 10 voices on the other side saying that we're never gonna win. You're never gonna have a victory. You're never gonna overcome this battle. But they had each other to be able to rely on and lead on and be like, hey, I don't care what these 10 people are saying. I know that you and I are hearing from God. Victory is gonna be on the other side and we can do this together. And I think that this also just proves, and you can write this in your notes, that God doesn't speak into a vacuum. Uh, he spoke through a person. And I think that we see this so clearly that God doesn't speak into a vacuum and he speaks through a person. And we can see this when we live life in community. I mean, I think some of my favorite moments is when I'm doing my devotions in the morning and I'm spending time with God. And as soon as I start my day and I get a message or a text message from a friend uh, that I'm doing life with, you know, Mike, Caleb, and they are confirming what God spoke to me in private. And I'm realizing that God doesn't just speak through a vacuum. Man, he speaks through community. I mean, we're supposed to live this life together and do life together. Uh, and so make sure you guys find a Caleb. You know, Pastor Aaron always says this, that not everybody needs to know everything, uh, but somebody needs to know everything. And I just think that that's just a, an encouragement to you today, that if there's not somebody that you've shared everything with, you go and find that person. You know, in, at Radiant Church, we have a lot of opportunities for you to get to know those people, right? We have this thing called Next Steps uh, that happens every Sunday here at Radiant because we want you to be able to go and get plugged into Radiant Church. We want you to find your next step uh, because you're not supposed to do this whole thing by yourself. You're supposed to find a community of people. And so go through Next Steps and join the Dream Team and be a part of something that's bigger than yourself and also get to make a lot of really cool friends along the way because that's what this is all about and that's why it's so important to to serve on the dream team you know, I think what's so cool is that Jesus modeled this better than anybody else uh, before he ever preached a sermon or did a miracle or healed anyone he, got, he found himself a small group, right? He found 12 people. He found 12 disciples that he said, I'm gonna do life with these guys. I'm not gonna do ministry by myself because I can't be in isolation. In fact, I think this is just a fun little nugget that if the enemy can isolate you, he can defeat you. And that's always gonna be the first thing he's gonna try to do, that if he's gonna try to beat you in your marriage, if he's gonna try to beat you in your finances, beat you in that addiction, or whatever he's trying to take you out in, the first thing he's gonna do is he's gonna isolate you. So if you wanna overcome the enemy, you gotta put yourself in a community. And so you've gotta get yourself around some other people that are going in the same direction. And I just wanna challenge you guys with this other idea that man, small group season might be coming to a close, but guess what? Next semester, small groups are starting right back up. And if you didn't jump into a small group this semester, man, jump into a small group. Maybe God's even calling you to take that next step and lead a small group next semester. And so I just encourage you to get yourself in a community, plug yourself in around some people that are going in the right direction, in the same direction, so that you can be the best version of yourself. You know, I always think, you know, weird people are found in isolation but the best version of yourself is always gonna be found in community. So let's become our best versions of ourselves and get ourselves around some community all going in the right way.
love that. And for Moses, it was Joshua. He had somebody that he wasn't going to give up on. He was rooting for him. And Joshua had the entire community of Israel. And if you haven't read their story, read the Bible this week. Go through the Old Testament. Read some of their stories because they are stubborn just like we are. They're hard-headed just like we are. I love the Bible because it reminds me... I'm not the only human being that makes mistakes. So I'd encourage you to read through it. That was their them. And number three is never give up on them. They all had something that they were not gonna give up on. Maybe for you it's not who it is for us. I hope not that we don't all have the same group we're trying to reach because God created us all uniquely with giftings to reach different people. And maybe for you it's not even a group. Maybe it's a health situation that God is just challenging. Hey, don't give up on that yet. Don't give up on your miracle yet. I, I'm still working on your behalf. Don't give up on me yet. Maybe for you, it's a child in your family that you're like, they're just too far gone. I, I don't see them ever coming back. Don't give up on them. Don't give up praying for them. There's still hope found in Jesus. God still does miracles, not just in health, which I fully believe he does, but also in our hearts, in our brokenness, in all the relationships that we have. God still has healing available to us. And for anybody in the room that's a family, I'm gonna speak to you from a student pastor. If you have kids, don't give up on your kids. Do not give up on them. They don't need you to be perfect. They're not looking at you to be the exact perfect idea of what a, a person is supposed to be, but they are looking to you to be real and to show them the way and to show them what it means to be an authentic follower of Jesus. So if I can encourage you in a couple things, bring them to church with you on Sunday, even if they don't wanna come, just bring them. Trust that the word of God will not return void and that he's got something he's gonna speak into them. Even if you're not gonna see the result for 10 years, the word of God is still not gonna return void. Have family dinners, spend time with them. If they're not in your house and you're like, oh, I missed that. Proverbs 22, six says, start children off on the way they should go. And even when they're old, they won't turn from it. That start doesn't have to be, oh, I missed it 20 years ago. The beautiful thing about God and grace and mercy is that your start can be today. You can call them today and say, hey, I'm praying for you. They might hang up the phone. That's okay. You're doing your part and you're starting off and saying, hey, I'm not giving up on you. And what's great, God hasn't given up on you, which is amazing. You have the backing of God Almighty when you don't give up on the them that's in your life. Life. You know, for John and I, um, our them is the next generation yeah. because one day for Moses, he wasn't going to be there anymore. So it had to be Joshua. Yeah. One day, if you're looking around at Radiant Church and at the church globally, we're not going to be the leaders. They are. So yeah. we want to train and equip them to be the best that they can be, to take this vision further than we ever could or thought possible. And sometimes in the news, they can kind of get a bad rap, right? Like, highlight reels of people's lives are always not the reality. Um, so for John and I, um, we're never going to give up on them. And here's why. I want to give you a couple of names on why, if you would join with us and just praying this week for the next generation, why you shouldn't. Because of people like Drew and Lainey Seymour that are at South Tampa. You know, they walked in before knowing Jesus, not having that best version of themselves, not being full of hope. They were filled with a lot of other stuff. And then they found Jesus. And now Drew is leading, Lainey is leading, they're influencing their friends for the sake of Jesus and making an impact on their schools. And now generations from now, their kids are gonna know Jesus because of what he started right now. I'm not gonna give up on my them, which is the next generation, because of people like Quentin at Heights. Quentin walked in, Quentin is awesome. He walked into church, very skeptical of what he called church people. And he had to be, answering a lot of questions about God. 
ended up doing an internship with us, gave his life to Jesus, and is now leading our Connect team at Heights and thriving in his relationship with Jesus and making a difference for God in the world. I'm not gonna give up on them because of people like Josh and Sam and Noah at St. Pete who walked in confused and broken, got radically transformed by Jesus and are now influencing their friends that, you know what, man, all that other stuff that school has to offer and drugs have to offer is nothing compared to the hope and life that is found in Jesus Christ. And at Brandon, I didn't forget you. There are students like Blake and Cameron and Brian and Brianna who are making a difference in their schools and communities because of what God did in their life. See, for me, I'm not gonna give up on them. I've seen God working. And the amazing thing, you can write it in your notes this way, is that God's expectation is always multiplication. So when you give him your everything, he's gonna multiply that tenfold. So you might think, oh, well, I'm just bringing my kids to church. You're not just bringing your kids to church. You're making sure your grandkids and great-grandkids know Jesus one day because you're bringing them to church. You're not just sharing the word in your workplace. You're sharing about what God did so that maybe one coworker finds Jesus and then their entire family gives their life to God because of what you chose to do. See, his expectation is always multiplication. So I wanna show you a quick story of one student who had their life completely transformed. Check this out. Um, I've been dealing with some serious mental health issues for the past five years. And about two years ago, I started developing an eating disorder because of that. And with that, I found myself just like angry at this God that I grew up with my entire life. And I just kept trying to deny him. Um, my family started attending Radiant Church in the summer of 2018. And I just felt like I wasn't connected at all. And I started attending city groups this spring in February. And I didn't try to just meet anyone but the youth pastors, John and Sarah, were just kept reaching out to me and were so kind to me, but I didn't see that at the time. Um, I turned to bad friendships and I didn't try in anything. I didn't pay attention in church, I didn't try in school and my health was declining and I didn't do anything about it. And I was just in such a bad place and I didn't know what to do with that. I ended up going to residential treatment for my eating disorder in Tallahassee for two months in the spring and I was so far away from home and I felt so lonely. But then Radiant started sending me letters. Um, from my youth leader and from John and Sarah, I started getting scripture, prayers, and just hope sent to me in the mail almost weekly. And I just had never felt anyone in my fam like other than my family just caring for me that much. And I ended up getting saved when I was in Tallahassee. I walked back into city groups and I was just met with the biggest welcome home and just people being so kind to me. And I just immediately felt my bonds with people growing. And um, I started meeting people that are now my best friends, which is amazing. And I just felt myself growing in my faith and just learning kind of a calling to ministry that I think I might have. And I wouldn't have been able to do that without any of my leaders. Um, John and Sarah ended up pushing me to do 252, which is the internship in the summer. And I grew my leadership skills, my love for God, and somehow, I don't know how, but I ended up giving my own sermon in the beginning of August of this year. I don't know where I would be in my recovery and in my life if I hadn't come to this church when I had. I've never felt the love of just people just being there for you. These people didn't even know me, but they saw my potential, and they just wanted me to know Jesus. My life has been completely transformed with my faith because of everyone here. And now I'm the Student Connect Leader at South Tampa and I serve on the worship team. And 
I'm just so happy, and now I get to help other people find Jesus. My name is Abigail Miller, and this is my Radiant Story. Come on, just in every campus, every location, can we just give it up for Abby and what God has done in her life? Man, I am just so blown away just by the testimony of what Jesus has done in her life, that God has moved in, in this next generation in an incredible way. But what I think is so cool about Abby's story is that God wants to move in your life just in the exact same way right now. And I think that right now, wherever you're at, man, you've got, you have a them. You've let fear hold you back from the victory that's on the other side. You've let this idea that victory is never gonna be yours. You've isolated yourself. But man, today is a new day. And God has a plan for you. And today that you might have feel like you're at the edge of your greatest defeat, but God sees you at the edge of your greatest victory. And God sees you about to take over this mountain, take over this next thing, that he is gonna push you into the best season of your life. And so what I want everybody to do at, at every location, I want you just to write out on your notes, what is your them? And maybe you tried next steps and it didn't work out and you didn't, you tried the dream team, it didn't work out, or you tried to join that small group and it didn't work out. And maybe you just feel like you're not really plugged in. You don't feel like you're a part, but I just want to encourage you, man, get plugged in, get involved. Maybe write that down. You're going to try to get involved. You're going to get plugged in. Maybe you're in this place right now and man, that, that doctor's diagnosis is just, it's weighing you down. You don't know if you see a victory coming through on the other side of that. But man, so write that down. Maybe it's a financial situation. There's debt, you know, there's credit card debt. There's an issue going on. The business isn't going how you thought it was. The, the home finances aren't going how you thought that they would. That job promotion isn't coming like you thought it would. Write down what your them is. What is the thing that's holding you back? And this is what I want you to do. Is I want you to commit to walking through this desert season this week and praying over that thing. Every day, you're gonna give it 15 seconds and you're gonna pray for victory because God's gonna give you victory. This desert season isn't a wasted season. There is purpose, there is potential, there's a promise that God has. So at every campus and every location, I just wanna pray over these things right now. And then we're just gonna come together and just commit to what God's gonna do. So Lord, we thank you. God, we thank you that even in the desert season, you are still walking with us. Even when we feel alone, even when we feel like defeat is right there, God, we know that you are moving in a way that you're gonna bring victory. God, you're gonna bring victory over our health. You're gonna bring victory over our relationships. You're gonna bring victory over our finances, Lord. We know that there is something better on the other side. So God, right now, we lift this thing up to you, God, and we commit this week to just praying and seeking after you as we walk through this desert season because we know your victory is on the other side. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a second group in the room we wanna to talk to. So if you guys would do me a favor, just close your eyes, bow your head for a moment. Maybe you're in here and you're carrying around defeat or guilt or shame. Maybe you even give up on yourself. Maybe you felt like nobody was fighting for you. Everybody gave up on you. The world gave up on you. Life gave up on you. I'm here to tell you that God hasn't. He's been fighting to show you his love since the day you were born. He loves you. He has never once given up on you before you walked into Radiant, before you ever thought about giving him a chance. He's never given up on you. It says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he sent his son. The world includes you and me. So if you're in here and you're ready, you're like, I, I wanna follow him. He's got a plan for me. He hasn't given up on me. I'm ready to commit my life to him. 
If he hasn't given up on me, I shouldn't either. I'm gonna count to three, and when I get to three, just raise your hand. Nobody looking around. It's not for me to see. It's just to show God I'm in. I'm committing to this thing. I'm all in. I won't give up on me just like you haven't given up on me. So when I count to three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. Just raise it up right to Jesus. It's the best decision you can ever make. So if you raise your hand, you can put it down. And I want to say a prayer. Just repeat this prayer in your heart right to God. You don't have to say it out loud if you don't want to. But he's listening. He's right there. Just say this out in your heart. Just say it right to Jesus. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my mistakes. Today, I give you my life. I give you my hopes. I give you my future. I give you my mistakes. Today, I live for you. Forgive me of my past and help me follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you guys give it up for those people at every location that just gave their life to Jesus? Come on. Amen. Can we thank Pastor John and Sarah for that amazing word? Man, so good, so good. This is we step into a moment where we're going to worship God with our tithes and offerings today. I want to encourage you that your finances go directly towards reaching young people. Just like you heard this. Uh, so many testimonies. I love hearing Abigail's testimony, but I'm telling you, she is one of many young people that are, whose lives are being transformed right here at Radiant Church and across Tampa Bay. You know, sometimes it can, we can hear negative talk about, you know, Gen Z is this and all these negative statistics. Did you know that actually depression, anxiety is at an all-time high, so they say, in this generation? If you're not careful, that can cause fear or make you nervous. But I want to tell you, on Wednesday nights, when, uh, when they do Vibe once a month on Wednesday nights, when I walk in here, I see a group of a couple hundred young people going after God, worshiping Jesus. Can I tell you, all that, I'm not worried about this next generation because I see what God is doing in this generation at this church. Come on, they're not pursuing popularity anymore. They're pursuing Jesus. They're not worried about what party they're going to go to on the weekend. They're worried about what prayer meeting they're going to go to. And listen, that could not be possible without your giving. I want to encourage you as you give today, know that your finances are going to support ministries like this at, that are at Radiant Church to reach the young people of this city. So as you're getting ready, you're offering all over the room, your tithe, your offering. I want to encourage you. There's a, a, an, a an envelope attached to the seat in front of you. You can use that or you can use through the Radiant app, give through there or online. It's super easy, super convenient. But we want to thank you for giving so generously week in and week out. And uh, right now I'm going to pray. The, they're going to begin to pass the buckets in a moment. Also, if you filled out that connect card, if you could fill that out, drop it in the bucket, that would be amazing as well. But let's pray. Father, thank you for what you're doing in the youth of this church. Lord, we thank you for Pastor John. We thank you for Pastor Sarah. Lord, for that entire team, Lord, that's reaching the young people of Tampa Bay. God, we thank you, Lord, that now is only the beginning. Lord, we're looking for the youth of this city to be on fire for you and to be living for you. In Jesus' name, everyone said... Amen, amen. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.